Uh, hang on just a sec. Are you are you muted, honey? Because I can hear you talking in the next room. <laughs> I just muted myself before I talked. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this show is off to a good start. <laughs> what bothers me about monks is it looks like someone punched them in the back of the head and they never got over it. Hello listeners to the Relics of War podcast, the podcast about Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2. My name is Ryan Singleton. I will be your host. I just barely fought off calling myself Ryan Seacrest for a second there. From an old <laughs> podcast, I kept calling myself that for fun. Anyway. And I'm Cal Agram. And I'm Mrs. Cal Agram. And <laughs> people out there are kind of going, wait a second. Now, Trevor... Cal Agram. Uh, Trevor didn't show up because he's a slacker, but fortunately we have been graced with Star's awesome husband, Cal Agram, who a lot of you might also remember from the old Guild cast. How you doing, Cal? I'm okay. That's awesome. I was just thinking about how you have just such an amazing way with words. <sighs> it is rather pro. Because I'm English and I know the English language instead of being American and knowing the American English language, which is like the English language only for people who can't spell. Oh, that's messed up. Man, you guys are the ones who spell the word color with, like, O-U-R. That's nonsense. You know why? That's because that's how you spell it. No, incorrect. You were also wrong again. One day you'll learn how it's spelled. So, enough of this pretentiously argumentative <laughs> nonsense. We're here to talk about Guild Wars, I think. Unless anything no? really special happened outside the game for you guys. Wait, we're talking about Guild Wars? I thought this was a World of Warcraft podcast. Oh, oh yeah, um, my bad. Uh, so, let's talk about our sucky game. <laughs> What's my character? It's a priest, right? Yeah, you're like priest. a level. No, no, every. You guys, I'm every, like level 22. Everybody plays a paladin in that game. No, I play a mage. I made a healer, so I, I made. The I don't actually priest. play WoW anymore. I've I've played a lot. I've played a lot of MMOs, but uh, I played WoW for quite a while. I have a level 80 mage and a level 80 shaman sat around on uh, area 52. I find it really funny to watch old veteran WoW players move into Guild Wars. And the things that they try and say, they're like, this game's not hard. I just took on that level 17 elite, and I'm level 14. <laughs> yeah. That's because they think it's all about levels, and it's yeah. so not. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like, you have five other people with you, and that particular level 17 boss only has, like, two skills. Because I, I, I had one guy do that to me in this past week. Two days later, he's telling me, well, I just got to this other part, and there were some level 20s, and I couldn't get through it. I'm like, well, I thought this game was easy. <laughs> Yeah. This game's easy if you can play it. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, yeah. I haven't been back into the domain of anguish, but back when I used to play, I I could never get a good group for that area. I could never get in a group for that area. Uh, Touche. Yeah. I only happened to get an actual group one time, and they didn't do well. No, I, I, I don't think I've ever ha ever got into a, a group. I think maybe I went with a star once. I don't remember Maybe. if we have or not, but um, we used to have uh, an old ghillie who was his, uh, Mythos. He played an elementalist, and he like showed me the ropes and got me into groups. And he started yeah. me out with there was like um, like three monk builds in in it. So it's like I could, and I said I could play any of them. So he just gave me a, gave me all three of the builds that they like cookie cutter use all the time, and I just made sure I knew those, and they brought me into the groups. So it was no big deal. But is there a chance that Mythos listens to this right now? I have no idea. I uh, haven't talked to him in, like, God, probably like a year. Because I know where his name came from. 
So I got to show my savviness now. I used to watch the Highlander series. He was that cheesy guy who was supposed to be like one of the oldest immortals. And yet he was so odd. He was like funny, you know. You know what? We should get on with the show. Uh, sequel Scuttlebutt. I think we should get on with that, shouldn't we? I was thinking about, I'm not even looking at the show notes. I was thinking about paladins. And I was thinking when we were talking about those character classes from uh, last week, when we we're talk- looking at the uh, concept art, I think that like monk replacement character looks like a paladin or a paragon. Because she's got like this helmet that's got um, wings on it that is kind of reminiscent of a paragon. She got like a giant shield. So the problem with it being a um, paladin is the paladins are divine champions, and the gods are essentially gone for Guild Wars too. That's why there's no monk. That's why there's going to be no dervish. Yeah, and plus the word I don't know anything named paladin. I just don't feel cool with. It's like having quests. It's called a quest. I don't care how good you make it. It's a quest. So I really hope they call it something else. Like I don't know what a Templar work, maybe. Uh, Templ- um not really, because that's still it's still, still like divine champions. Um, but it, if you want to go with uh, current classes, uh, it could be a, a new paragon. The th- the yeah. thing that made me think of it first was because I saw her her little helmet helmet circlet thing that has the wings, and that's kind of a paragon's thing is the wings. Yeah, and I mean, there's more I want to say about like that profession and paragons and all. I suppose I'll get into that later with um, our speculators corner segment. Yeah, uh, I was actually just looking, and <laughs> the warrior also has these weird wing things on the side of his helmet, so maybe that argument just gets thrown out. <laughs> Captain, what be that over there? Or let be sequel scuttlebutt. Uh, to, in today's sequel scuttlebutt, let's talk about traits and attributes. Uh, the fact that they can be changed as long as you're out of combat, don't have to be in an outpost anywhere, just as long as everything is dead, or Ryan has set off the firestorm of celebration, you may now change Yay. your stuff. That was big news to me. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's not I, new news, right? It's not terribly new. I mean, we didn't get much actual new news this week other than the alphabet, so I'm kind of like, you know, pulling old news and being like, hey guys, huh, we're on top of things here. Check this out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it makes sense uh, with the world being so big and it not having the instances it used to. Like, every explorable isn't its own uh, own instance. Um, they kind of need to... You need to have the ability to change your traits and things everywhere. Because that, that's an integral part of the, the Guild Wars sort of uh, combat system is being able to change things up as and when you need to. Um, and if you're walking towards an event and you're a 10 minute run from the nearest town you don't want to have to run 10 minutes away and 10 minutes back just so you can change your traits so that you're specced for the group you're going to be with for that event so i wonder if this will if this points to how things are going to work in dungeons i guess I would, that's what they would call them or instanced areas is once you go in there are you kind of stuck with what you've got and only in the persistent world can you change it outside combat I I don't think so. I think I think it'll be a an any time you're not in combat, and uh, just because it adds that you can change things up as you go. And do you think that'll Maybe. cause any balance issues or? I, I I think they'll intentionally design instances and things where you need to change up between various things. If they are capable of doing that, then they are rather pro, which I've said a number of times this show. Isn't there some kind of cooldown on how often you can change your attributes? Hmm. They could do that, but that could be too limiting. Because, like, if you're, say, you're running as as an elementalist and you have um, a couple of classes that are gathering everyone up for you, um, it means you can, like, be a fire mage and you can drop your big area effect things down. But then, say, 
two of those, two or three of those people leave that are doing those jobs at gathering all the enemies up, and now there isn't really anyone to prevent the enemies running towards you, you're going to need to switch to water to just keep yourself alive by stopping the enemies getting to you so quickly. So I think kind of the ability to change um, as and when you need to uh, is one of the things that helps with group coordination, the fact that you can change from one build to another as soon as a new person arrives without having to go and spend a five, ten minute hiatus uh, just changing your attributes and traits and things. Yeah, I certainly hope that's how it works because that's that's intriguing. I just I've always been a little bit afraid. Like whenever something in an MMO seems too good to be true, it ends up being a problem for the devs and creates tons of problems outside that. But I, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with that involving ArenaNet. Just other companies. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I I every MMO I've ever played has had the system where you've had to go to a particular NPC to change your build essentially, which mm-hmm. means if you're trying to build a uh, a character that can do something like a as a mage in WoW, for example. You, your soloing build tends to be very different from your raiding build. So if then the group decides that they're going to put together a raid for like all the all the second characters like off the fly, and you want to join in, you have to then go and spend ten minutes retraining all your stuff while uh, while they're putting the raid together, which is a pain in the ass for everybody. But Fortunately, in WoW, raids don't don't get started in anything less than two hours. So, yeah, no kidding. But that was fun. It's like watching baseball. Some guy sitting there making hand signals by his crotch for five minutes. That's a good sport. <laughs> I like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do Which you really? Which is really weird because baseball yeah, is the all-American sport. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe it's like a taste of our culture or something. But uh, I can't stand. It. I like hockey. I even like soccer. We got a real cross problem happening here. <laughs> Hi, I'm American. I like soccer. I'm sorry, football. Anyway, moving yeah, on from that. Where you use a foot and a ball instead of American football, where you have a dude grabbing the ball and running with it, and his feet are only involved because they're like he's being used for running. Other news we got this week was the Guild Wars alphabet, and I did a little blog post about that. What do you guys think? I did not see that. See. I didn't see it either. I'm now going to go and look for it. <laughs> yeah, basically what they've done is in the old, in original Guild Wars, they put together kind of a... Uh, I don't want to call it um, shallow because it's not a shallow alphabet for the Guild Wars world, but it's not really thoroughly hashed out. And what they've done is. But you kind mean of, like uh, they weren't uh, ling- linguists who created entire languages and stuff like Tolkien? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But for Guild Wars 2, they basically have done that with what was put in Guild Wars. And the explanation is that, you know, in the original Guild Wars 250 years ago, the writing system was kind of just, you know, primitive. People just used it for the scholars and stuff like that. And in the time until Guild Wars 2, all, you know, writing and learning to read have been more widespread. And they've even come up with a new language called New Crichton, where everybody pretty much knows how to read this. And so it kind of reflects on why the world has changed so much, is because information is so much more readily available. But, I mean, they've they've got... They've got like signs and stuff written in this and they, what was the guy's name? Medina. Oh crap, I forgot his name. Mr. Medina, you did a good job. I just forgot your first name. Um, they've got signs all over there and stuff like that. And they say that if you take the time to learn this language, which you may or may not, then you can actually read anything in Guild Wars that's written in this other language and it'll make sense. Cool. Hmm. Where's your blog post? What's it called? Uh, what did I name it? Um, no Crichton Left Behind. Okay. Oh, I see it. No Tyrion left behind. 
Oh, I'm sorry, no Tyrion left behind. Yes, good call. Well, while you guys peruse that, the next subject I was going to get on is, um, this is really old news, but since nothing else came out, we need to talk about this, because there are some people who don't know as much about Guild Wars 2. So, one thing about Guild Wars was that you only had one race you could play, which is human. Guild Wars 2 is going to have five. It's going to have the Asuras. Do you say Asuras or Asurin? I think it's Asuras. Whatever. I think um, it's just Asura, the plural. Asura. Asurin means having to do with the Asura. That's right. Okay, yeah. so the Asura, the Norn, the Char, the humans, and I'm forgetting somebody. The Silvari. Silvari. So you guys are probably still involved in that post, huh? I quickly looked through it. I, I, actually, I, uh, I searched for languages of Tyria, and I found a Guild Wars wiki page, which has like six different, um, a, a bunch of different drawings talking about Canthan runes, uh, the common alphabet and an Elonian alphabet and char symbols. And that's just for the original Guild Wars, so yeah. it just goes to show they've hashed that out further. And you can see on that, yeah. that blog post that I did, I even photoshopped a few of those characters from Char, uh, Asurin, see, I used it right there, and what was the other language I threw in there? Canton. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So look forward to that if you're big, if you're really, if you're a real lore nerd. <laughs> I think most of the rest of us are just gonna be like hmm, symbols. That's above a coffee yeah. shop. Yeah, it's a coffee shop. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna bother learning to read char. No. Yeah, me neither. Um, char don't have a language. They're just stupid beasts. No. Moving on. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play a char just so I can shoot you in the face. No. Then no heels for you. That's but okay. speaking speaking of the races of those five, which one do you guys want to play? Human. Human. Oh God. <laughs> You guys are boring. Um, you know, I'm gonna play an elementalist, and I don't, I'm probably gonna play an elementalist. Maybe not, but probably. Um, so Asura is the only other one that would be interesting to play an elementalist with, and I don't really like the Asura. I think I'm gonna go with the Asura, and I usually don't go for this token small race in an MMO, but I like these guys. I, 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 I don't think that they're kind of magicus technology thing fits the rest of the Guild Wars lore very well. That's my problem with them. <laughs> you know, they do kind of feel shoehorned in there, don't they? Yeah, Well, they, they are do. the That's... new added-in kind of thing. It's like as a yeah. well, secondary the thing is they... afterthought. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how well they're worked into the story. You say that, but three of these five races were added in with uh, Eye of the North. We hadn't seen the Norn, the sure. Asura, or the Silvari before Eye of the North. In fact, we still haven't actually seen the Silvari because they don't even come up until way after Guild Wars 1 is going to end. The storyline in Guild Wars 1, that is. So, yeah, I mean... That's probably why we still feel it's tacked on because we haven't actually uh, dealt with them in any way. We haven't done any quests for them or anything. It's true. It's true. I just like. Um, I really like the original Guild Wars. You had the the nice theme of the the war torn nations all fighting against each other. The Char coming and invading, taking out this big powerful nation. It was a really nice store, a really nice kind of setting. And then when you tack the Asura on, and they're in the same same area of the world, they don't mm-hmm. seem to fit with everyone else. But they have been buried underground and kind of keeping it themselves. So yeah. that's, they feel yeah. shoehorned in, I should say, in the first Guild Wars. In the second one, yeah. I have a feeling that everything's going to feel more melded. Like, I, I, everyone's able to read, and they have this greater technology, and so the Asura, the Asura are going to be over there with their fancy technology. It's just more Gollum-based. Yeah, I. the thing is, when we, when we see more of the Char, the Char are going to be similar but different. <clears throat> the Char are very technologically advanced, mm-hmm. but they're technologically advanced, whereas the Asura are technologically advanced, but they're 
they're technologically advanced through magic. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so the char are more like very similar, but very different at the same time. Yeah, the char are like the industrial guys, and the, right. the Asura are going to be like the smarty pants Pentium three. Pentium three. The Where did I come up with that? That's terrible. Uh, Pentium three is about like fifty years old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bad example on my part. <laughs> the the chars um they they the the char developed their technologies um going after all the uh, military technologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Asura Whereas developed the technology. Asura went for other mechanisms. They do, they do it for like the advancement of knowledge. They learn knowledge for the sake of learning knowledge. Whether the char learn things for the purpose of going to war with it. Right. So they yeah. may they may both be technologically advanced, but uh, they went after uh, they went different routes. So for those that aren't aware of everything about all the races in Guild Wars, uh, we'll start off with the Asura. The Asura are a race that in Guild Wars were underground. They're very small guys. They look, um, I don't know how to put it, they got big ears. and They, they don't look, look like, like anything. tiny mice men. Yeah, there you go. And they're cool. But um, yeah, in the original Guild Wars, you don't get to play as one. You do get a little hero named Vec that's an Asura. The Norn... And- he could have been so awesome. You know how we were complaining? Everybody complains about the voice actors being crap. So they get the guy who plays Pinky in the Brain, but he, like, doesn't do any special things with his voice or anything. It's just he just kind of reads all the text very blandly. Mm. Yeah, I do love that voice actor, but they didn't, yeah, he, they didn't He's use He's not utilized. <laughs> let's, let's just hope they use Felicia Day better as her Asura. In sure hope, yeah. Yeah. And then there's the Norn, who are just, they look like humans, but they're big. And they live in cold areas, and they kind of, they thrive off of the spirits of the, I don't want to say the wild, because that sounds all druid when it's not like that. It's more like, hey, how would you describe it? It's like the Native Americans almost. Very much. Animistic. Yeah, and also the women um, wear practically nothing in the cold, and they're still cool with it. Yeah. And because they're so tall, they have giant boobs. Yeah. I would imagine so, due to laws of proportion. Yeah. Those are some big I'd babies. Say, I was saying earlier about I'd play a human. You know, Norn is the other one I'd, I'd consider playing an elementalist with. Um, one of the non-animal spirits is Raven. So a kind of Raven-themed um, lightning sorcerer might work really nicely. That's one of those spins I don't think many people have considered. That sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Then there are the uh, Silvari, which is a race of people that don't exist in Guild Wars at all. They are birthed by... Uh, I don't know the exact story behind the tree, but in Ventari's Refuge, that's where it is right now in Guild Wars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a tree in Ventari's Refuge, and this white centaur named Ventari is there. And he somehow gives – he doesn't really give birth, but he helps to create this whole entire race of people that are very plant-ish. They are the kind of druid, elfy type. Um, they're not actual elves, though. And um, another thing that they've got going about them that's really crazy, and I'll talk about this more later, is – if a Silvari has a child, that child knows everything the parent knew. Yeah. And so the knowledge continues to flow from Silvari to Silvari, which is kind of like, wow, these guys are going to rule this place in no time. Genetic memory. Um, there's humans, that goes without saying. And then there's the Char, which are giant cat people. And they don't look like furries. It's like one of the first things people would think of is, oh, God, you know, they're trying to uh, cater to the furry de- demographic when really they're just... They're huge. They're the big tough guys, actually, of the game, I would say. Char make for good target practice. I like them. How do you miss a char? It's like eight feet tall and four feet wide. Shut up. <laughs> I like to shoot them. You may hate them, but they're still awesome. <laughs> now, I actually do think the char are cool. Um, but you know how every MMO has that barrel-chested dude. 
Yeah. Like um, the big sucker that you're, I don't know. I could never play as those guys. I'm not a big the, guy the, myself, so. The non are like that too, though. They're big barrel chested dudes. True. Especially the, uh, the ones that turn into bears. Yeah, I would feel much more comfortable being a Char than a Norn, I think. Because at least I'm, there's a reason for me being so huge. I'm part cat. Actually, cat. not all cats are big, but part wild cat. And I would have four ears. They have four ears. They do? I never noticed that. Yeah, horns and four ears. I noticed they had horns, but four ears? Yeah, it's really weird. It was one thing that I had noticed and I didn't really say anything about. And then there was some posting about it on the Guild Wars 2 forums. I'm sorry, Guild Wars 2 for- guru forums. And everyone was like, they have four ears, what? And they were posting screenshots. It was like, people didn't notice this? But, yeah. I think it's cool. I, th- I think it helps to define their, make them more characteristic than just, you know, humanoid cat people. Do they have four ears? Or are those, are their ears just split into two segments? Mm, if I go to look it up now, it'll cause my uh, recorder program to do funky things. So you guys, uh-huh. you can go look that up and you can get back to me. You can be like, Ryan... You're way wrong, and then you can hit your mute button and be like, oh. "Holy crap, he's right!" I just, I just looked. It, uh, it, it, it kind of looks like they have two ears, but at the same time, I can't really tell. It kind of, at the same time, also looks like their um, ears are just like split into two. Yeah, they're very small ears. Yeah, they're like really like um, thin, long but thin. Two things that have been announced about Guild Wars Two coming up, as far as professions go, there's only two that are certain to be there. There's going to be the warriors. And there are going to be the elementalists, uh, just so everybody knows that. I'm pretty sure Mesmers will be in Guild Wars 2, because Mesmers are like the class that define this game. Yes, welcome to Speculator's Corner. Yeah, going back to the thing you were talking about last week with that picture, we were looking at it again this week, and uh, I think it's Assassin, Ranger, Mesmer, um, warrior, elementalist, and the one that we think looks like a paladin on that picture. And that's only six, and they've they've said that there are going to be eight, right? There are going to be eight, yeah. There's going to be two, two new ones, right? They said two of them are going to be new, which means there's one old one, because uh, unless unless that one we think looks like a paladin is actually a paragon, just has a melee weapon instead of a spear, um, then we, we, we can see one of the new classes right away. See, what I'm thinking is um, that was that concept. You know what? We're already going into the speculator's corner, so I'm just going to skip right into it. Um, So nice segue there. What I see Uh, happening there with that concept art is that's all of the existing professions and that one class or that one profession there with the blue. I think what they're trying to say is that's a paragon, but that's what a paragon has become in lieu of monks. They're going to be the healer in that case. I I think so too because um, looking at that concept art, what I think they did is they decided they were going to take six classes. They, they had a definite idea they were going to take six classes that they currently have and put them into Guild Wars 2. And so they drew concept art probably for all the classes and then decided which ones they wanted. And those six of the six of the classes, six out of the ten classes we have at the moment, that they're going to carry forward. Yeah. So I think that one is an existing class. And the one it looks most like is Paragon. So then my thoughts are, I mean, everyone's saying, well, then that would mean we don't have necromancers. And that's a big topic I wanted to hit on. I did a blog post about this too, is everybody's talking about how uh, if we lose the necromancer, what's the necromancer going to meld into? Like the whole profession. There will be some other kind of class that um, that the, uh, summons uh, minions, but they won't be undead minions. They might be like animals or something instead. Because it has to be something that'll go with each of the races. Right. Yeah. And so the, the question that comes to a person's mind in regard to that is, well then what happens to all the hexes and curses and blood power? 
And that's something people need to get over is that this is 250 years later. These professions are uh, all the different aspects are going to where they specialize best. And I foresee that the Paragon is going to be absorbing some of that blood power, you know, that ability to energize people. Paragon's already kind of had yeah. that anyway. And yeah. then you're going to see the curses going to the Mesmer. I mean, the Mesmer had that kind of already anyway. So yeah. it's not that we're going to lose a profession and that profession is going to meld into one other profession. That's what you're going to make so that you feel like you've made a necro. Instead, it's like, well, did you like being a minion master? Well, then you're going to go make this new summoner class that we haven't seen any concept art yet for and that sort of thing. I definitely think that one of the two new classes is going to be a pet controlling class. I think so, too, because yeah, uh, a minion master is a very uh, popular build. Pet classes in general, in like every MMO, are very popular. People like them. Mm -hmm. So it, having one makes sense, uh, you, because that's what players want. So catering to them means they're going to enjoy the game more. Okay. Well, since we've covered that, next subject. Uh, a guy named Jacobim on the Guild Wars 2 Guru forums, was uh, he brought up a question about, are the different professions going to have different models from other professions of that same race so is a char caster going to be less barrel chested and big i, I kind of would like to see a little bit of that where it's like you can't make some big hurricane caster of really anything other than maybe norn or char because I, I don't know i can't see how a caster would be as big as this warrior over here but then again i mean you could leave it up to just the player you know, like you want a big hurricane caster fine doesn't make sense but have it. i think I think their uh, character creation system will allow for all different kinds of things. So you can have the tiny-looking warrior and the giant hulking caster, if you so wish. Yeah, because it won't Char change gameplay in any way. It'll just change yeah. what your uh, your model looks like, your character yeah. model. <laughs> and uh, th there's, no, there's not going to be any collisions in Guild Wars 2. They mentioned that, so the fact that... Could stand over another person. Yeah. yeah, the fact that you're playing a giant hulking dude, all it does is block everyone else from being able to click on stuff, which is really annoying. I love to do that. I love to use my little mox uh, thing, <laughs> turn my dude in big old golem, and then stand on people in the Great Temple of Balthazar. Yeah, I upset someone the other day. He actually reported me for it. I think, but I hate I hate torrents. I should say this: <laughs> giant stupid cows. You go into an instance, uh, especially the low level instances, which are just like little corridors, and you can't click on anything except stupid torrent. Oh yeah, I've been a torrent in the Undercity before. That was lame. You could play Diablo 2 and go into the cow level and kill lots of them. Yeah. I like to play um, in Guild Wars 1. I um, play a Mesmer, and I take his shirt off and run around doing missions with no shirt on. Mm -hmm. And it annoys my friends. Hmm. And that's the sole purpose for doing it, I take it? Yeah, yeah. Well, plus I like looking at him, too. Oh. <laughs> well, I imagine there's a lot of guys that make female characters for the same reason. Yeah, so why shouldn't I get to do it? Yeah, I, no, you know, Mesmers are the best built male characters in Guild Wars 1. Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> warriors are ugly because they're so big. Um, necromancers have back problems. Assassins are just gross, and they're Canton. Um, <laughs> who else is there? Rangers are kind of, eh, they're okay. Uh, and then, who else is left? There's somebody else. Elementalists are scrawny. Sorry, sorry honey, but oh, they're just puny. Yeah, and are. then mesmers are just built. They just, mm, they look good. When I made my elementalist, it took a while for me to, I don't know if I should say this. Oh, whatever. Uh, my wife would ogle him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if she would agree with that. 
I'd be like, babe, uh, you going to nuke that or what? She's like, oh, right, right. <laughs> but I like playing the Mesmer, so I'm kind of going like, well, there's not going to be a monk. Do I want to play a new healer class or do I want to play the Mesmer? Because I'm really, I'm really happy with that class. So I haven't... I guess we'll probably just when the all the ca- classes are announced, I'll like try a bunch of different ones and then see what I like best. But I don't know. Usually, whatever I choose first, I I end up playing a lot. But I don't know. As a new player to Guild Wars, ah oh, Togo, I just want to get through this already. Shut up! Stupid Togo. <sighs> Stupid Togo. <laughs> <sighs> On today's Togo's soapbox. We're going to talk about what happens when you equip three superior runes, because a noob is likely to do this, such as myself yeah. when I started. It was funny. I can, I can honestly say I never did that. <laughs> well, the story was I made this new ritualist, and we were you know, doing some of the early Canton stuff, and I died once, and Trevor goes to resurrect me. He's a ranger with you know some rebirth skill. So he goes to rebirth me, and the moment the resurrect is finished, my dude dies again. And we're like, what the heck? So, you know, I mean, the dude stands up and falls down. Stands up and falls down. What the heck's going on? So finally, Trevor asked me, hey, uh, how many superior runes do you have equipped? And I, I look, I, well, I have three. He goes, you realize that's negative 75 times three? Oh, crap. So I took off all my clothes and he was able to resurrect me. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. I have a funny story. Um, I don't know if you'll appreciate this, um, but we did um, uh, a segment on Guildcast once upon a time. And I was talking about um, doing a farming run in the underworld with a 55 monk. And so I described how the character was put together. And uh, Sean said he wanted to go sometime. So he, wanting to be prepared, equipped his necromancer with all these negative runes. (laughs) And so it was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And then, uh, yeah, then he died a couple of times. And uh, we went with another friend. And, uh, yeah. And you, were all, and you were all running the 55 farm build? Yeah. We are like, oh, you're not, you don't have to have that. Only the tank needs that. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> but it was really cute. He was like, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to have all this stuff already. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Mm. I've noticed that 55 has not been, actually farming has been substantially trashed since I, I used to farm everything on my elementalist. And what they did to sliver armor hosed me hard. I was able to farm so many bosses, now none. I, I farmed quests. I finished, barring the, the Warring Crater quest, which I've only just got around to doing, I finished every quest in all of the Guild Wars expansions on my element list, except the Domain of Anguish quest. Wow. At least everyone I could find, which I think is all of them. My wife got close to doing that on her Necromancer, but... In fact, every time she sees somebody with a question mark over their head, or whatever it is, it's not a question mark, but that thing over their head, she's like, oh, crap. Gotta <laughs> add that. Yeah. I, I scoured like all the explorable instant instances looking for uh, quest givers and all the different outposts and checking like back on earlier outposts after I'd finished later quests, making sure there was nothing in the later chain. There are a bunch of quests that um, if you leave them open then they spawn a bunch of mobs in certain areas that are good to farm. So um, we stopped uh, going for completing like all the quests uh, because of that. That's like, oh, this might be a good farm build later. Or a yeah. farm run, I should say. I have one of those um, 
there's a quest in the desolation area. So you get in your worm and you can farm with your heroes. Mm-hmm. And you go back and there's those shrines to Abaddon. There's like, I don't know, yep. 16 yeah. of them. Yeah, I farmed that one even still. I did it on my Elementalist, so I was all sad. But I can do it on my Dervish still. Yeah, but there's still, there's people, I don't know how much nowadays, but um, people out there who are always doing that Lightbringer run. And so somebody will have the quest. Mm-hmm. What up in the hizzy, dogs? Here's a pro tip, so you can be rather pro. For the pro tips, we're going to be talking about heroes, because since I've come back, I've had some friends come with me, and the one thing they seem to notice most about us is not whether or not my wife and I are good, but whether or not our heroes are, because our heroes have like all the skills unlocked and pretty good builds. So mm-hmm. how do you guys get your heroes to go from being real sucky with the out-of-the-box build to being good? I use them well. No, I um, I just make sure they have decent builds. Um, I try and I, I I like to use my uh, Banger hero and give him a stack of interrupts because he can interrupt far better than anyone else. Yeah. Um, the monk with uh, a lot of short cast time spells because uh, he can pick someone. If somebody gets spiked down to a low health, he can pop that heal off faster than anyone else. And uh, I just use a an an earth elementalist with lots of area effects, but stuff for extra damage or a dervish. The the dervish hero with a, a bunch of self-healing skills just keeps herself alive forever. Yeah, I'll give uh, a dervish, what, an avatar of Balthazar or Duena, I believe, a monk with a, um, a five energy um, spam heal build is good, like you say. And they just they can just like pump out the little small heals continuously. Mm-hmm. And if you give them uh, like hex removal and stuff that. Uh, they're quick at noticing when your party has hexes on them, and they'll cast yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed with the hero monk, a good idea also is to throw a secondary mesmer on there, give them some inspiration, and let them benefit off of energy gain from interrupts. That helps both ways. Mm. Yeah. Way better than a human can do. Yeah, because they pretty much always hit with their interrupts. Mm-hmm. That's why the uh, the interrupting ranger, because they have like um, three, four interrupts, they can pretty much spam. They have really short cooldowns, so... But what I do with my heroes is first thing I do is I go to PVX Wiki and I look up packages of builds and I look up great or good hero build packages. I download those, put them somewhere easy to find, and then I go in and I just grab one for that hero that I've got. And then as I'm playing, what I also do is, um, uh, like on my Elementalist, for a long time I was sure he was like the only character I was ever going to play. That was before I came back. Uh, and so I unlocked all kinds of skills and elite skills and all that on him just in this hunt for stuff for my heroes. So he's got all kinds of monk skills, paragon skills, stuff like that, that my heroes can now use, even though they're of no use to my elementalists whatsoever. But also what I did, if you're not into that, you can also unlock those skills through Balthazar Faction from PvP, if you're into that. Um, And then last but not least, as you're picking up items, so you're going through uh, a mission or something, and you, you pick up some piece of armor that has a nice you know, rune of Vitae, you can put stuff like that. You can get gold weapons that you've identified on your heroes. Later on, they'll be available to you if you want them. But until then, it's good storage because it also applies as they help you do whatever you're doing. So, you know, I've got um, Vec is holding on to Kusin's staff and stuff like that. Yeah, I've given my uh, heroes a whole bunch of weapons. Ah, crap, bone. Yep, so heroes are a big deal if you're trying to get through... Original Guild Wars. They are a huge help. My wife and I can pretty much do anything up until Elite Missions completely on our own. Not always better than we would with a group of good people, but 
way better than you could with a group of average people. Because average people in Guild Wars, the average player, honestly, he's not very good. <laughs> Sorry. No. They're f- no, the not. average player in Guild Wars is fine for getting through um, normal mode missions and yes. stuff. But as soon as you put them in hard mode, they just fall over. Yep. And everybody wants to boss you around about how to go about doing this or that. And you're like, I've done this before. And I showed eight other little AIs how to do it also. Just mm-hmm. do what I'm saying. Yeah. I've finished almost all of the missions um, just with heroes and henchmen. In fact, all of the ones in Prophecies, apart from like the last three, I finished just with the uh, henchmen. Um, and uh, yeah, you you can do it if you take time and are patient. Yeah, between my wife and I, if we both bring our he- our heroes, then um, we don't even need henchmen for it. But sometimes henchmen are really good. Depends on the henchy. Yeah, me me and Asara have carried uh, carried people through missions before because uh, uh, between the two of us, with our heroes. We can usually um, get through something easily, uh, easily enough that we can afford to drop a hero and replace them with a pretty bad player. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, we also, you know, like your class inside and out, and then I have mm-hmm. multiple characters, so we've kind of gone with like, if there's a a mission where you need certain things, I would just bring whatever else is the like the the extra, you know part of that team that we need like when we go and kill shiro we don't really need the healer as much so i don't bring my monk which is my main instead i bring uh the warrior to kick his stance off of him repeatedly and so cal brings his elementalist and we just spank shiro in like two minutes or 30 seconds or something like that i think our fastest was like 23 seconds (laughs) yeah he can be pretty easy to burn especially if you use um the elite echo on the yep. elementalist celestial skill, then it's... yeah, that that's what I do. That if you're an elementalist walking in that that mission, that's what you should do. You should have arcane echo, echo, and the the celestial skill, and that's all you need. That's how you do it. Crap, man. The other day I was trying to figure out how I ended up with three of the celestial skill. Yeah, you echo arcane echo. Arcane echo is the elite one, and sorry, you arcane echo 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 yep. is the elite one. And then you get Echo. So then you use your Celestial skill. That gets echoed. Then you use Jaw. Then you use the, the, the Arcane Echoed Echo. And then use the Celestial skill again. Then it, then you've got a cop, the third copy of it. And then you use that. And usually um, his, uh, he'll pop his henchman. The henchman will be in the storm. It will die and it will recharge all three before they run out. And you can drop them again. That's, yeah. I've, that's how we've, I think it was about 20 seconds like you say. That was a long yeah. time ago. I got to do that again now. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done it fast before. And like I said, there were only the two of us. As soon as he goes up in that healing stance, the warrior just hits his celestial skill, knocks him out the stance, and he carries on dying. Yeah. It's not even a, the celestial skill. It's the warrior's... Uh, oh, just the warrior stance. Wild thing. Blow. What basic, is the warrior? It's a basic skill. Yeah, wild blow, that's it. Yeah. What is so, the yeah. warrior celestial skill? I forget. It's some defense thing. Puts a big old shield around you, I think. That's or right. Something. Is it the ranger one that's the stance removal? Someone, someone, one of the celestial skill has a stance removal. I forget who it is. The thing about the warrior, though, is it's it's faster. It's one of the reasons I don't usually bring a ranger for interrupts necessarily because um, they're slower only because of the arc of the arrow time, the flying time. The warrior mm. can just like smack them right away. A ranger, you hit the skill, and then depending on what bow you're using, it takes that amount of time for it to get to the enemy. So if I'm playing a ranger and I want to interrupt, um, I try to switch to a short bow or something that's much faster than 
you know, that long, longbow arc. Yeah, speaking of that, you were talking about heroes that interrupt. For that, my wife usually brings her mesmer that she has, like, fine-tuned for it. Because yeah. mesmers are in- incredible with their... We- Especially with fast casting. If you give them all domination and fast casting, there's almost nothing that that uh, hero can't interrupt. Yeah. Because mm. it's casting time is fast, and the AI is fast. Um, we're about to wrap up our show here. I just want to let everybody know how they can get hold of us. Easiest way, go to relicsofwar.com. That's relicsoforr.com. You can hop on our forums, contact us there. There's a link to our Facebook and our Twitter page also. You can email us at relicsofwar at gmail.com, or you can call us at 708-202-9262. And also, we have that in-game event we're still trying to plan where we get together and do some elite missions. Uh, get hold of me, and this is just another way to get hold of me, actually, is Relics of Ore in the game. So, Relics of Ore. What times uh, are you thinking of? To do that event? Yeah. Right now, I have no idea. I, w- I just want to get a general feel for what the player base wants to do. Like, I'm totally open to do, change this up. you do, like, a, a weekend, would that be good? Or do you want to do, like, a weeknight, in which case it would have to be a certain time? I think a weekend would be the best way to go about it. Yeah. But More like I say, come because of time zones. The main point that I'm going for is just uh, give us all something to look forward to in the game, revitalize a little bit of guild interest and stuff. So if anybody else has an idea out there, that's fine. We'll have a heroes powwow where we send each other builds. That would be fun. It'd be like a Tupperware party in game. Yeah. Was it that bad? Oh man. Oh. No, it just seemed a little domesticated. Yeah. Well, I was just joking. We're not doing a Tupperware party in the game. Unless unless there's pie in the Tupperware. But another thing mm, I would pie. like... Pie. Do you like pie better than cake? It depends on the pie. Well, no, I like the lemon meringue pie. Mm. Yes. And did you know cheesecake is also a pie, technically? I hate cheesecake. Okay. Well, if you do like cheesecake, there's that going for it. If you don't, well, ignore that fact and just enjoy your pie. Mm-hmm. But um, we're also looking for some iTunes comments, so... Because, yeah, we don't have any yet. And if you re- if you give us a good comment on iTunes, we'll read it on the show. So Yay. someone's, someone's going to make a comment about pie. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Pie. <laughs> Probably me. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Um, I am about ready to go uh, get on a boat. I'm going to be on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm going to have to get some uh, auto-tune going on here. We, we, we just went on a boat like six weeks ago. It was a giant boat. Yeah. It had a, a central park on the boat. Oh, yeah. so this is like a cruise or what? Yeah. Oh, okay. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Wheel of morality. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn, Cal. Never eat anything bigger than your own car. I'm Ryan. And I'm Astara. And I'm British. See you later, guys. Off to reap the corn, left where I was born. Caught a stout black thorn to banish ghosts and goblins. Brand new pair of brogues. Frightened all the dogs, rattled all the bugs. On the rocky road to double and one to three for five. Put the hair and turn her on the rocky road. All the way to double and wax for all the dimly And mulling dark next night to rest in limb. So weary, started by daylight. Next morning, late and airy, took a drop of the pure. I think I need to go turn on my swamper. Like, I, I got in the house, so I was like, yeah, I guess we're recording the house, but I had to turn off the swamp cooler because it was loud. And now I'm hot. Again. Not as hot as my mesmer. Oh, yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I always wanted to be an elementalist, but until nightfall, 
There was never an elementalist dude that I could stand being, nor a set of armor wearing. So it was like every time I made an elementalist within like, you know, the first ten levels, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm like, this guy's got frills. On this page, I have three pictures of Loudon dead. That's, that's good that's, for anything. Could you uh, send them to me so I can use them as a image for our show? I have a third one, which is his uh, necromancer, though, but it's kind of ugly because it's all in tattoos and his like ugly butt is in the picture. So it's kind of cool though because there's a huge cow behind me. Close that. It's like, dude, just. Fix your posture, buddy. If you're able to heal, there's obviously something wrong with your spine. Fix it. Oh!